0: Hi, this is Andrew Lotto. Welcome to another edition of Sadistically Speaking. This is episode 29, Closing the Gender Pregnancy Gap. Let me start with a caveat. Um, Even though I am recording and releasing this podcast on April 1st, I promise you that it does not include an April Fool's Day joke. I fucking hate April Fool's Day or National Normalized Deception and Lies Day. I load this day every year. I basically stay home and don't interact with anyone, so they can't pull one over on me. Then again, that describes the other 364 days of the year as well. Anyway, a couple of items showed up in my newsfeed this morning. Hopefully they were true and not April Fool's jokes. But they kind of synthesized and created a rant in me. And one of those items was not the Matt Gates sex trafficking charges, which actually just filled me with delight. The first item is reports from the World Economic Forum, the WEF, the World Economic Forum, which is an international group of uh, pains in the ass who throw a get together in the mountain resort of Davos in Switzerland each year so they can complain about the plight of poor people. Anyway, the report says it will now take 135 years before we can close the world gender gap in wages. It was 100 years, it's now 135 years, and that's because the pandemic made the gap worse. Now, we've all heard of the gender wage gap. I bet you can even sing out the tagline. It's been pounded into you. It's the same way you can probably sing the preamble of the Constitution because of Schoolhouse Rock. It goes something like, women get paid 70 cents for every dollar. Men make doing the exact same work. I don't know what that was. It sounded a little Broadway. I don't know. But wait, uh, if it's true, the gap is defined for men and women doing the exact same job, equal work, pay for equal work, then why would the pandemic widen the gap? If businesses are shut down and men and women are working, then wouldn't both the men and women lose their jobs? Ah, But the WF makes it clear why the pandemic widened the gap. And as the Managing Director of the World Economic Forum puts it, "quote, whether that's travel and tourism that's shut down globally or the consumer and retail sector that has been impacted in so many countries, these are large employers of women. Wait. So that means these aren't the same jobs the men hold. This gap widened because the sectors that were affected, more likely had women employees than men employees. It wasn't that the man and woman had the exact same job and because of the pandemic, you decide to give more to the man. And this points to the actual real definition of the gender wage gap, which is average income for a male in the world versus average income for a female in the world, even though they don't actually have the same jobs on average. The gender wage gap is not due to unequal pay for, unequal, for equal work. It is disparate pay for disparate jobs. Now, I'm not going to go through all the statistics and assumptions that have demonstrated that the gender gap is overblown. I can some other time, possibly. But the issue here is you can't solve a problem, if you think it's a problem, if you keep lying about what the basis is. It isn't the case that this is some rampant conspiracy of a patriarchy to pay Mary less even though she's doing the exact same thing as Joe. Probably better than him even, right? She's probably better, right? If you actually control for occupation, education, etc. and try to actually measure what equal work would be, it turns out that women make a little over 95 cents for every dollar males make. Still a gap but not the valley that we've been often sold. Still, we have to admit, have to come clean, there are some women who are clearly getting screwed over, like, Megan Rapinoe? You might have seen that last week, this delightful soccer star, with her wonderful hair, was invited to the White House's Equal Pay Day. They had an Equal Pay Day at the White House, which we can see is very much needed. And she complained that despite all of her winning, all of her titles, she is still paid less than men. She says, I quote, I've been devalued, disrespected, dismissed because I am a woman. Well, no, it's because you're a woman's soccer player. I mean, poor Megan, she's estimated to be worth $3 million. I feel sorry for her. I hope the World Economic Fund comes to her rescue or at least invites her to their Davos slumber party Now, no one needs to point out the obvious fact that men's soccer brings in crap loads more money than women's. I mean, actually, outside the Olympics, did they even have women's soccer? I mean, I don't follow soccer because, um, well, I'm a red-blooded American male. But I see enough of European and American professional highlights, and I don't remember seeing women. Do they have women's professional teams? Does anyone care? I don't see it. But I mean, I guess Megan could try out for one of the men's teams and then we could actually see about equal pay for equal work. Of course, even within men's soccer, there's people who are paid a lot more than other men because they're better. So she could try to go in there and have her, her way with it. The problem is, is I don't know if that goes so well. So several years ago in 2017, the women's national soccer team, the one well, we said the Olympics, played against the FC Under 15 Dallas Boys Soccer Squad. Local boys of Dallas who play soccer and are under the age of 15 played our national women's soccer team. The women lost five to two. Remember Sarah Fuller, the soccer star who came on to be a kicker for the Vanderbilt football team for two games? Wow, that was embarrassing and condescending. Um, first, kicker's not a real football player and some of the best kickers of all time haven't exactly been stunning male athletes. But then they only give her, they gave her a kickoff, which was miserable, and let her kick two extra points. This is on a team that could do that because they went zero for nine for the year. They didn't win a game. So they had her kick a couple extra points, which she made. But for field goals, which are more difficult. They said, thank you little lady, we'll send a man in for this. By the way, the manly man who they sent in to replace her was five foot 11. Sarah Fuller is six foot two. I'm guessing she outweighs him, but I can't really tell because ESPN only lists weights for male players and not the female players. I am not kidding you. Uh, We wouldn't want them to get too self-conscious now, would we? But on the other hand, we let Sarah go out there. She kicked her extra points, and when she got in the crowd lost their shit. It seemed like when you throw a ball underhanded to a four-year-old and they catch it. Yay! Good job, Sarah. Good job. Everyone also remembers uh, the great battle of the sexes tennis match, or as we call it today, the battle of the socially defined constructs of gender. And of course, you know, Billie Jean King beat Bobby Riggs in straight sets. as in the Astrodome in 1973. And it proved once and for all that women were just as good as men or actually probably better. They even made a movie of it with Emma Stone starring as Billie Jean King, which is a major step up because Billie Jean was not a looker. Anyway, this of course is a fair demonstration of the equality of males and females. I mean, you had them on hand, Billie Jean King who at 29 years of age uh, was at the peak of her career. She'd been the number one ranked women player in 1972 and again in 1974. Uh, In her career, Billie Jean won 39 Grand Slam titles. And then you have Bobby Riggs, who also, I have to admit, was number one in the world for men. In 1947, Bobby Riggs was 55. So... Maybe it wasn't that even. But still, she won and isn't that the sign. Funny to me, there are actually three tennis Battle of the Sexes matches. And no one mentions the other two. They, they always talk about the Billie Jean King one. The other one. Why not the other two? Now, the reason Billie Jean King was not number one in the world in 1973 when she played Bobby Riggs, she was in 72 and 74, She wasn't in 73 because that was a great year for the real number one that year, which was Margaret Court. Now, Margaret Court herself played in a battle of the sexes four months prior to the one we all know about. And it was happening in California, 1973. So world number one, Margaret Court faced off against our old friend, Bobby Riggs. He played her too. (laughs) He beat her in straight sets, 6-2 to 6-1. No one also talks about the Third Battle of the Sexes, which happened in Las Vegas in 1992. I don't know if you remember that one. I actually did watch that one live. It was 36-year-old Martina Navratilova, and I have to admit that uh, I'm saying her name incorrectly, and that's because when I grew up watching tennis, uh, everyone called her Martina Navratilova, and then about four-fifths of the way through her career, she told us we were all pronouncing it wrong. We had the wrong stress on the syllables, I can't say it the other way. So we're going to go with Martina Navratilova, who is one of the greatest women's tennis players, played against 40-year-old Jimmy Connors. Great in himself. Apparently, though, this was not considered a fair enough match, so the rules are changed so that Connors, the male, got only one serve per point to Navratilova's two, meaning one fault by him means he lost the point. And he had to keep his ball in the singles alley where she could use the much wider doubles alley. Again, this seems horribly condescending. Result, Connors won in straight sets. Still, Biden says he tells his girls that they can do anything a boy can do and probably better. It's exactly what he said, and probably better. Again, this is condescending. The logical equivalent of that is telling boys that girls can do anything you can do and probably better. We don't have a problem with that, that that's the logical extension of what he's saying, because it's condescending to these poor girls. Oh, I'm sure you can be better. It's nonsense because it devalues the things women are better at. It's not the case that the genders are equal on everything, and women are better at things. They're really much better at having babies. They're better at verbal abilities, fine motor skills, and having remarkably moist vaginas apparently passes for women's lib today. I don't know. I mean, no one will be complaining when the Olympics come this summer, and thank goodness, and there will be wall-to-wall coverage of women's gymnastics. Meanwhile, men's gymnastics will appear on at 6 o'clock in the morning on the Ocho. Women's gymnastics is just so much better to watch, as is women's figure skating, and I better not hear Brian Boitano complain about it. One person who should be complaining, however, is Siri. Starting today, Siri will no longer have a female voice as a default, so you actually have to actively choose her sexy whispering voice when you log in. Now, you could always change the voice of Siri, but the default was the female that most of us use because we're lazy. So why did this change have to be made? Well, according to the articles I read this morning, because this is the other thing that was in my news feed, This comes as a reaction to, and I quote, studies have found that when assistants, digital assistants, that is, use a female sounding voice by default, it can reinforce bias and negative stereotypes. Wait, what are these studies? I am intrigued. So I searched through, I had to click on a whole bunch of different links to finally get to where the studies were. And it's actually based on a report that came up from the United Nations Educational Scientific and Cultural Organization, UNESCO, a report on the world gender gap, there's another one, this time in digital technology abilities. There are no studies in this report, none. Uh, It's just a bunch of thought pieces, and they actually call it this, thought pieces from members of a work group. Probably are getting together in the Alps. There's zero science and um, it actually starts by claiming that we have an obvious problem with bias because, and I'm not kidding, this is what it complains about, the fact that when Siri doesn't give you an adequate response, so many people say back, Siri, you're a bitch. (laughs) This is their complaint. You know, if you didn't get to choose it as a female, you wouldn't be able to call it a bitch. I am so sorry, my precious flowers. I can see why this leads to a gender digital knowledge gap. You know, to solve it, maybe not get rid of Siri's, maybe just have girls play fucking video games. But as a result, we have another woman out of a job, Siri. I guess she can join in the unemployment line with the chick who used to sit on the Land O'Lakes butter box. Pass the tequila. Out!